0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 209 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections. For the whole universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford. Enjoy today's tip. Hi, Glenn the geek back with you from Lexington, Kentucky, and welcome back to horse tip daily it 's the home of the world equestrian games here in lexington, and we 're looking forward to that in just little over a hundred days now. We have a big hundred day celebration in lexington here i think it's uh, I think it 's unlike June the seventeenth so we 're looking forward to that as well. But first, today we have back with us Dr. Jenny Johnson, a veterinarian out of the Oak Hill Shockwave and Veterinary Chiropractic Center in Calabasas, California. She's been on many times before. She's been coming on with us weekly. She does updates and is a regular contributor to the Jumping Radio Show, which is part of the Horse Radio Network. This tip is taken off of Episode 11 and is co-hosted by Chris Stafford, as usual. You can hear the rest of the show by visiting jumpingradio.com. And we'll get to that right after we speak about Equestrian Collections. You know, Equestrian Collections is one of those companies that people have preconceived notions about. If you've uh, known anything about the retail and tack and clothing world for the last uh, 10 years people think that equestrian collections just does clothing well they do so much more than that they can fulfill all your tack and barn and and uh Medical, all the needs that you have for you and your horse, you can, you can find at equestriancollections.com. They have hundreds of thousands of products. They are waiting for you to take a look at every day at a price you can afford. So Equestrian Collections is not just clothing, although they have one of the largest selections of clothing out there you can but they're not just clothing you can check out all the other products they have at equestriancollections.com and get ten dollars off your next order of 120 dollars or more with the coupon code 10 discount that's one zero discount all smashed together well enjoy your savings over equestrian collections and now we have dr jenny johnson
1: well hi jenny welcome back to the show Oh, thank you, Chris. Always nice to be here. Well, we're going to continue, I believe, with the series that you started recently on lameness versus soundness. So what do you have in store for us this week? Well, I want to sort of uh, extend from where we were talking last week about the evaluation of confirmation. And I want to now talk a little bit more about confirmation and how it relates to specific um, Risk factors for lameness. Last week, if you recall, we talked about the four basic components of conformation evaluation, which were balance, the assessment of the lengths, angles, and heights of various parts of the horse's body, the muscling, and then the conformation of the limbs. And so today, I want to talk about the conformation of the forelimb specifically. And I want to talk about the conformation of the forelimb as we're looking at the horse head on. Now, I introduced briefly the idea last week of the plumb line, and I'll use that again in this uh, discussion today. If you stand in front of the horse and, in your mind, drop an imaginary line from the point of the shoulder to the ground, that line should bisect the horse's front limb. In other words, it should cut that limb in half exactly. That's the ideal that we're striving for, and deviations from that will put the horse at certain risks for different strains on the limb and those are what I want to talk a little bit about today. The first first conformation I want to talk about is the base wide conformation and in that conformation the forelimbs are lateral to that plumb line that we've talked about, in other words on the outside of that line. These horses generally tend to be narrow in the chest. This type of conformation will end up overloading the medial aspect or the inside aspect of the lower limb. Now, the converse of that is the base narrow conformation. And in this conformation, the limbs are on the inside of that plumb line. In other words, the chest is wider, the uh, lower limbs or the limbs angulate and come inside that vertical line. With this type of conformation, you're going to have an overload on the outside of the lower limbs. Now, if we move down the limb a little bit further and look more specifically at the knee, I want to talk about the knock-kneed horse. The technical term for that is what's called a carpus valgus, carpus being the knee, valgus referring to the conformation of the knee uh, coming in a, in a knock-kneed-type appearance. The, and the knees are medial or inside of that plumb line. And what this does is that it concentrates the weight on the medial aspect or the inside aspect of both the carpus and the metacarpus, the knee and the cannon bone and the inside splint bones. Um, This type of conformation may predispose a horse to lameness in the knee and to medial splints. Now the converse of that conformation is what's called a carpus varus or a bow-legged conformation. Now this type of conformation actually can often be career-limiting it puts an abnormal amount of force on the entire outside aspect of the lower forelimb, and it predisposes the horse to arthritis of the knee, to the fetlock, uh, to injuries of the lateral suspensory branch, and also to sesamoiditis. So that's that's certainly uh, a more significant uh, conformational abnormality that I want our listeners to be aware of. Another uh, abnormality that we'll see in the knees is what's called the offset or bench knee, and this is if you're, again, looking at the horse straight on, you'll actually almost see what appears to be a step in the knee. You'll see the upper portion of the knee will be at one position, and then the lower portion generally is stepped out a little bit to the outside, and that typically can be associated with lameness of the knee and also lameness of the cannon bone. Now, moving down a little bit, I want to talk about the toad-in conformation. Obviously, it means the toes are turned in. And again, you want to look at the whole leg, but frequently that's just the lower limbs. The toad-in conformation uh, will predispose a horse to splints on the outside of the leg uh, and lamenesses on the lateral or outside aspect of the fetlock region. For example, suspensory branch injuries I can also predispose them to arthritis of the pastern and the coffin joints. And typically, these horses will wear the outside of their feet more than the inside. Now, the opposite of that, of course, is the toed-out conformation. This conformation is actually uh, fairly common. And if it's mild, it can it can be considered to be within normal limits, and particularly in warm bloods and the hind limbs. We'll talk a little bit about that in another session. But the toed-out conformation is much more common but they will end up with uh, abnormal wear typically on the inside aspect of their foot, and they may be predisposed to uh, medial splints. So I think I don't want to overwhelm our listeners with with too much information, so I'm I'm going to stop it there uh, for this week, Chris, and just think about those types of conformations and how they affect really the physics of the horse and the mechanics of the horse and where the strains end up and the injuries that can result from that. And then next week... Uh, I'm going to continue again on the same topic, but I'm going to talk about uh, evaluating the conformation of the forelimbs from the lateral aspect. Uh, If you were standing to the side of the horse and looking at the side view of the horse, I want to talk about the conformation of the forelimb uh, from the knee all the way down to the foot.
0: Well, thanks again to Dr. Johnson and to Chris Stafford for providing that tip. I got it wrong in the beginning of the show. Actually, it was episode 12 that this tip was taken off of, episode number 12. Apologize for that. I'm just trying to keep track of way too many shows now. We have eight here on the Horse Radio Network, and it's just a lot of them, let me tell you. So we're uh, looking forward to, uh, Tuesday, the ParaWebathon that we're doing to support... The para-equestrian team for the United States vying to make their way to the World Equestrian Games here in Lexington in the fall. And they needed some help financially. They don't get the assistance that the other disciplines do. And each each of the members is probably going to have to come up with around $20,000. So we thought we'd do this little fundraiser. It's a video telethon done live Tuesday night, June the 8th from 7 to 9 p.m. We're recording this, or not recording it, we're doing it live at the Alltech TV Studios. It's a video event being carried by over 30 websites around the Internet and around the horse world. You can see it on ours at horseradionetwork.com. You can just go to horseradionetwork.com, and you can watch this live event, and please call in and donate. We really would appreciate the support for the para-questions. We're going to have five or six of them here in person. that are flying in from around the country to tell their stories that night. So we encourage you to tune in. It'll be a very interesting night. It'll be a very uh heartfelt night because uh they do have stories. They've overcome huge challenges to become Olympic class athletes and it's just it's very heartfelt and I'm looking forward to it so much and we're looking forward to having you join us and hopefully call in and make a contribution. Well, don't forget to check out all the other great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com and I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone you